The brothers wiss. The brothers wiss, brothers wiss. The brothers wiss. The brothers. You're now listening to Greg, it's the Brothers Wisp Let's take a ride through space on this mothership Wireless networking, we talk about equipment and methodology so- Alright, uh, let's go this, make this just big so that I can make certain I don't screw up anything <laughs> This um, brings back memories <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's it's just like one of those like Oh, everything, all these little things and like each one I've screwed up and you're just like, God dang it. It screws up the video for the whole uh-huh. thing. And so then I have to play some hijinxy game to make it work. And so I, I don't video production, typecasters, yeah. VT4s, like, oh, Windows update and broke everything quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not today. All right. Well, visual indicator. Hey everybody. It's Tommy with the Brothers Wisp. Uh, we've got four awesome faces here today. Um, to my left, I've got Andrew. Where are you hailing from, man? Uh, Seattle, near Seattle. Okay. And, uh, you're that way. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Way north. And then, uh, bottom left of me right now is Chad walks from hailing back from Colorado. Uh, my old home state where you're up in golden, right? Golden, Colorado, home of the Coors Brewing. Yeah, and my school of mines. <laughs> uh, Chad, you uh, you got the dog, so we'll, we'll wait a second. But uh, you 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 you've actually did the magical thing and uh, are are pulling the plug. You're getting out. I did. Yeah, I've been uh, my board of directors and I have been working on it for about the past six months, trying to find a replacement. Either replace me, which is uh. Uh, you know, to, to go find an entrepreneur, they said originally, hey, go write a job description for what it is you're for. And, you know, we're a, a two-person shop. And I finally sat down. I started writing a job description. And it's like I'm writing a job description for an entrepreneur that knows networking and RF. And and that's a, a difficult, almost impossible person to find because yeah. those that exist have already got their own companies that they're running. You don't find people like that that are looking for work uh, because they're entrepreneurs. They're out, they're out working. Uh, so we ended up. Uh, putting together a deal with a, a neighboring wisp. They're about five times the size of us. They've been in business uh, about six years longer than we have. Uh, and we've been working with them on a friendly basis for really almost since we started. I started buying DIA from them uh, seven years ago. Uh, we've been helping each other out, sharing customers back and forth where we could service each other. Um, and so it, it ended up being a pretty good fit. They're similar equipment. They're a microtech house as well. Uh, and they're looking to to grow. Uh, and so it was just sort of a, a natural fit and the easiest for our customers. So starting January 1st, I will, I will no longer be a WISP owner. I will be a temporary consultant to them to help transition these customers over and, and move along. And then I'm going to I mean, then I'm only going to have one full-time job at that point, and so maybe I'll have a, a little bit of time left back in my life. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, several previous places I've been, uh, my favorite line was, everybody leaves here uh, in one way or another. You either get kicked out or you uh, or you graduate. And, uh, you burn out or so, kicked out. <laughs> yeah, so you did – you did the right thing. Good job. I'm really proud. It's been really awesome watching you grow and do all the cool, fun stuff. And uh, so uh, thanks for sticking around. And then um, down below me, I've we've got the good old Dennis Burgess. 
Hey. <laughs> How's it going But over in your neck of the woods? Well, we're out of St. Louis uh, tomorrow. We're going to get hit with all that wonderful cold weather and snow. Right now it's, uh, what, 30, uh, 29, 29 actually. So uh, tomorrow it's supposed to go down to zero and uh, wind chill is supposed to be neg 20. Yeah, is, wasn't is, is what they're saying. Yeah, they're saying we don't from, we don't get much negative weather in St. Louis. So no, you guys are kind of far south for that negative weather. That's going to be a little <laughs> bit rough on you guys. Yeah, uh, got heaters. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, so I just kick up some more servers. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just turn on a few more um, yeah, so. uh, servers for mapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we um uh uh up here it's supposed to start so i was i was hoping to get driving tomorrow and it's looking like i might be delaying till saturday to stay out of the worst of the storm so uh such is life but um well let's uh let's get rolling here we've got some potatoes to rock through um dennis actually since you're here uh can i can i beg you for a, a little quick uh, what's, what's the cool stuff that you advertise and would like to say? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, an updated quotation because I've been demanding this for months. <laughs> now I have, I, I think I've seen one email on it. I don't think it's a demand at this point in no. time yet. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't write it. So, you know, there you go. Um, obviously, you know, we do towercoverage.com. Uh, you know, pretty much it has a one-stop shop for mapping, um, we are doing all of the BDC filings. Uh, we did them last, uh, what was the last filing? We're definitely ga- uh, geared up for this year's or this next upcoming filing. Uh, should be bigger, better, faster, quicker, uh, et cetera. So, uh, you know, give us a shot. There's no contracts. Uh, pricing starts at 25 bucks a month. So, you know, I, I, if we can't provide you good service, then, you know, take your business elsewhere. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I tell everybody. I do think we provide a really good service though. So give us a chance. Awesome. Uh, Brothers List is also brought to you by Sonar, a scalable, intuitive, and comprehensive ISP billing and operational support system. Learn more at sonar.software. Uh, we're also supported by Preseam, an edge network QoE solution that enables proactive management of the network subscriber experience to achieve higher customer satisfaction while lowering operational costs and increasing revenue. Uh, Preseam is made by Atelo Networks and whose goal is to enable local and regional ISPs to thrive by solving network problems with products that people love. Launched in 2017, Preseam has helped more than 400 ISPs in the US and around the world deliver better internet to their subscribers. And then we're also uh, supported uh, every month by Villo, and I got a mention from them, and they said that they had a new blurb, but they didn't send it to me, <laughs> uh, and so it broke my heart. So uh, I guess I'll just uh, give you their. Uh, let me double check. Nope. Okay, so. Uh, a complete mesh Wi-Fi hardware and remote management solution that empowers widths of any size to light your customers, reduce your operating costs, and grow your business. Designed with input and feedback from the ISP community, uh, Villo is proud to be a trusted partner of over 150 ISPs around the world. I know that that is increasing. There's a lot of talk on Facebook uh, about their stuff. Uh, and that's um, VilloLiving.com um, and such. So they are... Um, uh, 
That's where, you, and then you can find them on Facebook, uh, Villa Living, if you search for some of their community groups. So, uh, so to me, the big news of the week was that, or of this last week, couple of weeks, is um, the FCC finally released released their end, like what they want on your labels, their the nutritional labels, and so we have. I like that. Yeah, I so um, <laughs> I I was I'm actually. I think it's actually going to be kind of beneficial for WIS with what they have. Like it's a little bit yeah. hard to figure out exactly what you're looking at and you're going to have mm-hmm. to figure out a, you know, what, what is your latency that you want to go off of, but yep. as, and you can get down to the latest closest data center or major set of data centers. And um, they recommended that you use the locations that, um, the FCC is also already requiring for testing. Um, so like Denver was the closest one for Colorado in Colorado for me. Um, but there's, there's one, there's data centers and locations or basically cities, um, all throughout the United States, all of them that were supposed to be within about like 20 to 30 milliseconds of anywhere in the States, um, was all the locations they wanted that, that they would allow testing to. And so you can, test to there and the government will consider that um that was what uh i was reading online and what people were saying and what the fcc had responded with and what i was reading inside because they referred to um another document that i had to implement at my last job so that was really cool i like that and i think that's going to be really beneficial and it's going to give um you like hey i i have better latency like if you can do say that like are they providing you the list of IPs that you can ping against in those locations? Or because I have servers in Denver, can I do latency to my own devices that are one hop away from my customers and report that as my latency since that sits in a Denver data center? So that you can do that if you set up the testing yourself and you do the testing from your customer's premises to uh, a data center in Denver. That was how the rules read for um, basically it was like for all the RDOF guys and the CAF2 and CAF3 guys uh, or CAF1 and CAF2. Um, that's that's what we all had to implement. And so there was actually guys who built their whole, whole entire testing system like all the way out to um, various data centers and such. And then there was a bunch of like companies that were offering, hey, you can just buy our box and we'll do that testing for you. But then they like, they just had data centers in like New York and, or like California. I'm like, you guys are crazy. What the heck are you, do you think I'm stupid? Like, I'm just going <laughs> to fail. Like, well, I mean, I wouldn't fail. I, I still had pretty decent all the way over. It was, it was only like 60 milliseconds on off the wireless all the way back, but still like, I don't want that. I want to be better than everyone else. So it, as far as the old reading was for those rules, you should be fine. Um, but I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so take it your own risk. But I would, I would give you give myself an extra ten, five to ten milliseconds just to be on the safe side. Well, what are they going to do if it's wrong? Like, who is who's testing this? Who's going to come back and say something? Uh, <laughs> how do you verify that? Like, I, I get that it's a good thing for the consumer. 
But mm-hmm. much like the broadband mapping, who is going to go in and verify this stuff and, and challenge it? And, uh, you know, the Comcast and the Lumens of the world are going to be able to put whatever data they want to put on there. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we challenge that and, and throw the red flag, so to speak? Well, and yeah. you're just going to have to go to consumer like a consumer lawsuit, uh, class action stuff like, hey, you're falsely advertising. Same thing as like what yeah. you do if there's a problem with some sort of pro like uh, what they did with the uh, Taco Bell a few years back. So they- more money. Yeah. Right. But the guys that are suing Taco Bell have billions of dollars because they're in the restaurant business. You and I and, and small wisp owners, we don't mm-hmm. have the resources, the time and the money to, to chase those yeah. down. So are we, are we going to yeah. rely on their customers to turn them in? That's about well, it's your- like, you know, it's, it's like where I live, right? We have a couple different provider choices, but none of them are quality at all. So it's like, okay, great. You have good latency, but then your service is down every day. <laughs> What's the point? Well, again, and they're, and they're not reporting that or they're not also, and that label doesn't sit there and say that, you know? So, and then whenever you always sit there and get the, the wonderful, you know, you have a guaranteed uptime. Well, how long is the guarantee? What, what is the guarantee? Yeah. The guarantee is that, yes, if you're down for one day out of 30, we're going to give you one thirtieth of your money back. One day. You can put you out of business in one day. That's right, right. And, and that's, that's <laughs> kind of the, the issue is that, you know, they're only going to take the liability for what they take in. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. But... Again, it, it kind of comes back to that. You, you, you still have to fight the, the good fight. All they're doing is making yep. other metrics that can't be proven, that can't be, um, you know, you can analyze it, but now it's one word, one person's word against the other. There's no yeah. enforcement agency. There's no enforcement yep. action to make them make it correct. So just yeah. like the, the, the BDC, kind of, you're kind of mm-hmm. the same boat. I actually think it's less so much this, the the raw numbers. I think that's like what we geeks are going to really latch on to. But I, I think the like data included, uh, so bandwidth cap, and then the additional yeah. charges in terms. I think because like I just had a guy um, come off of Comcast and it, for his business, he had Comcast internet for like five, seven years. And he'd been paying for a TV plan that he'd never used, and that was all. At yeah, but, that does, but that, that that's not going to matter with this internet plan. The well, internet so, plan is only going to report that. Well, so yep. you're supposed to, if you're getting, if there's a bundle thing, it's uh, there is a line for yeah, discounts and bundles mm-hmm. in there, and then you're also like your provider month, like Comcast had like. 60 bucks in additional fees and charges yeah. yep. that yeah. was modem rental there's, there's, there's 10 fees. bucks yeah, yeah. yeah they're not even federal fees they're their fees they make up all the fees and they put them on i'm like what are these 50 dollars in fees i'm paying for oh we have telecom fees think of myself i'm an isp i don't have these fees mm-hmm. <laughs> so who knows they can I, call, I they, can call they can call them fees but they can't call them taxes yeah, because the oh, government doesn't make. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. yeah. One of those so that's a difference. Yeah. But like, yeah. that gives you that's an easy metric, and you can just be like, "Hey, zero here. I don't do any of that. Yeah. What you're paying here plus taxes, end result. There you go. Yeah. Taxes. You should be paying taxes on internet service. Well, I guess <laughs> in California you probably do. 
in the state of Washington, as an ISP, I'm not required to charge sales tax. It's a new law they passed two years ago. Huh. No sales tax. Yeah, there's Comcast no, charging me sales tax. There's no sales tax in Missouri. <laughs> well, co- yeah, yeah I, I, I want to run around with Lumen on that as well, because Colorado's got the same law. There is no sales tax yep. on, on internet service in Colorado. Um, Lumen does charge taxes, but when you, they're not keeping that. That's not going to their bottom line. Like, it, that yeah. is fraud. Uh, and at that level, yep. those companies aren't, whatever they're putting on there, I, I trust that if they're charging a tax, it's yeah. getting sent to the yeah. state, why they're either correctly yeah. or incorrectly, but that isn't going to yeah. their, their bottom line because that, mm-hmm. that would get flagged. Oh, That's yeah. my good experience with Lumen is they're very transparent on their fees. I'm like, I like you. Let's talk some more. Here we are. So, so Andrew, you actually, speaking of Lumen, you're, you're, yeah. you're going to be a big boy internet service provider here in a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So I didn't realize this. Like when I started this whole idea, I had a pipe dream of, I hate my internet provider. I hate my internet. And I, I like PC repair, but people need better internet. So I started this idea. I'm going to start a WISP. And I've told, no, you'll never make it, never go anywhere. Here we are three years later in the office building. We have racks in the basement. And we have uh, literally layer one from Seattle to here in the basement, and then another link to Seattle in another data center here at the basement. So the way I look at it is, okay, well, local customer service, hey, two connections because things break and they go down. And even if we can't fix it here at the CPE end of it, we'll put a cellular backup. Done. So the the way that we kind of built our business was you don't need to go down, you don't need terrible customer service, and you shouldn't have to pay a lot of money. But it is expensive. It's not free. Hence the three-year contracts. And that's where I got a lot of no, we don't want contracts. Okay, keep paying, keep paying your current provider and watch your rates go up like this. And they're like, why do my rates keep going up? I know. <laughs> this is the problem I want to help solve. It's like you want to save money in a small community. This is how you do it. Small business, work together. So, yeah, this is uh, year three, 3.7 years technically. It took us to kind of get everything going. But uh, we have our, all our links in the basement of this building, and we're just waiting for them to – flip the switch, I got, you know, negative two on one link and negative four on the other. So the signal's strong, but the lights aren't on yet. So having to deal with the big telecom and the, all that stuff, it takes time. But once you're online, I'm told you're online. Like, you know, it's, it's all level three too. It's not like cheap bandwidth. I'm like, wait a second. Okay. <laughs> and I was doing yeah. like MTRs from their looking glass. I'm like, I'm four hops from LA, nine from Buffalo. Whoa, this is cool. So as you talked about before, that quality of internet. We're all about quality. You know, you can have quality. I'm not going to give you some leftover garbage. I'm going to give you good bandwidth. So it costs money and takes time and been a lot of resistance. But I think we're up to like, I want to say seven customers. We've got our fifth fiber to the home customer today because we do open access stuff. And I'm the highest priced. And people are like, you answer your phone. You're nice to me. There you go. That's all it takes. So anyone could be an ISP. So one of my goals is, is I take this whole idea, I'm going to package it, brand it, and go all over the U.S. with it to help entrepreneurs start a company, start a business, make some money, and then maybe sell out. My goal in 10 years is to sell out. I don't want to work anymore, but good luck on that one. <laughs> yeah, good luck. It's going to be – it yeah, could be a little yeah. – you need a few more. So um, uh, so how'd you get your – how'd you start on picking up um, – who'd you pick – who, so you're, you're going through uh, Lumen for Lumen. your connectivity? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we went with and, Lumen, who's level three, Century Link, you know. Mm-hmm. So how'd you, you, how'd you hear, pick but, them over uh, all the other transport providers in your area? Well, I, I called the other providers and I said, listen, here's, come on, share. Here's what we want to do. We want to build XYZ. We want to do high speed, 60 gigahertz Wi Fi networks everywhere. And I got a lot of, yeah, good luck. And no, we don't really care. 
And then it turns out that other organizations end up getting grants from governments to put public Wi-Fi up. Well, when I'm talking about public Wi-Fi, I'm not talking about serving the public. I'm talking about replacing your current provider. So I, I don't think they really get the, I don't know. Because I'm dealing with, I've got government to compete against. I've got big corporation to deal with, which is our cable bullies of the world. No names, because they're all bullies. They really are. <laughs> like, they'll lie, cheat, and steal their way just to get you kicked out of a project to turn around and end up getting the project anyway. So that kind of stuff happens. But to get us started, kind of like the first customer was, I've been doing PC repair and IT and helping customers. I have like 170, 180 customers just in my town alone. That really launched it. It was more, oh, oh, you're local. Wow, they actually answer your phone. Well, yeah, but a lot of it is, come on, turn it on. I want to sell it. I can't. I got racks of machines. I got everything all ready to go. I got batteries in. Got yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the it fun. Takes time. I'm like, I was hoping today. I was like hoping Monday to turn this on, but I'm like, oh yeah, because I guess no one does what we do. No one does and says, oh, I want 10 gig back to a data center ever. And it's letter one too. It's not like here's a letter seven yeah, handoff. It's like here you go. I'm like, whoa, okay. So you brought this big old fiber bundle down, the splice panel, and they're like going to two and three, and there's your internet, and then one and two are back there, and then the other 24 ports you'll do with whatever you want later. Okay, cool. It don't work yet. So I'm still working on that. I'm like, can we stay in the office space? I've been here for a whole week. I used to rent in this building years ago, but then COVID hit, and I'm like, see ya, I'm out. I'm going to go build an ISP, and I'll come back when I'm ready. Now we're ready. <laughs> nice. So, well, yeah, congrats. That's going to be awesome. It's yeah. really exciting. It's, it's been scary. fun watching it's terrifying. the. Uh, it's been fun, fun watching uh, you post the pictures in the Slack group. Yeah. Yeah. Every, and you're asking all time, the fun I'm, questions, too. And so, I am, and I'm like, no one's like, I don't know how to answer it. I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know either. So I guess I'm going to keep going and figure it out. So I had a conversation with uh, Lumen this morning with the guy at BGP. He's like, do you want full stack? You want fun? I'm like, uh, let's see here. And it goes there. Yes. <laughs> so a lot of it's trying to rediscover what I already knew. I've done 780 in my head, but now I can't because there's calculators for that. I don't have to. <laughs> like, okay, <Yeah. laughs> 24 here. This goes here. And then make sure you got enough people here. And then bandwidth calculations. And then taking prices and making sure that your costs match with your megabits per second that you sell. And then, you know, everything goes into megabits per second. Power, co-location, all of it. So keeping the formulas and keeping them good. And then for every neighborhood we do, the price might be higher here or lower here here, but we got to keep it here. So it's like, how do you grow and expand? Well, the biggest challenge we found is um, once we got our first office lit up, just a storage company in the woods with fiber and lots of power, that giant battery backup, and we just do the open access fiber to the home reseller model, which is okay. It's fine. But the bandwidth is not equal. It's like, wait a second. How come I'm only getting 600 megs for Metrical when I pay for a gig DIA? No, I don't like that. That's not good enough for me. So that's where I went under the mission of, I'm just going to call a bunch of people. So I called CenturyLink four, five, six times, talked to different people, got quotes from like 1500 a month to 6000 bucks a month for 36 months. And some of them are five years. And I'm like, you're all crazy. None of that's going to work. And then finally one day they called me and said, hey, I want to help you. Well, you want to what? Okay. Here we are. So. Cool. It yeah, just kind of blows my mind. It's like, this is actually working. How is this possible? How come? Okay, I'm just going to go with it. You know, I've never done an ISP before, but I've been in IT for 20 years, and I fix servers, computers, networks, and I do some contract work with Amazon over in the city. They're like, oh, can you? They have like, you know, these here, and they want this done. And did you get your UB key yet? My no. I'll go check. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm really really yeah. loving kind of where we're going, and you know, different brand names for different locations that we'll put out later because it's going to 
kind of disrupt the market a bit and it's going to crush some people's toes, but I don't care. It's like, no, we're going to let the entrepreneurs, the world, you know, like Elon Musk and, you know, all the other people behind the satellite internet. Let's bring internet to the world. We need it. The last mile is terrible. So I'm going to yeah. take that last mile. And that's what well, we do. It's like, that's awesome. Gonna have a good last mile. Doing it, yeah, doing so. it once, one place at a time. That's what all the wits can yep. do. So, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, let's see what other, yeah. Oh, so I was just going to mention about my experience. So we mm-hmm. bought, um, we bought 10 gig wavelength through Zayo from, uh, mm-hmm. from a town inside of our network. And then, uh, mm-hmm. bought that dropped, dropped it all the way back into, uh, Denver. And then, uh, we bought cogent, a 10 gig connection there in, in Denver. Uh, it was, wasn't nine ten. It was a building like right around there, 1500 Champa. Yeah. And uh, so we, it was, it was a lot, it was, it was so cool. We we're like all excited. And then Zay was like, oh yeah, we got to upgrade the entire link all the way back <laughs> for 10 gig because there's not enough bandwidth yeah. at the, at the last top before us. I'm like, yep. <laughs> so that took okay. months and months and yeah. months. And what was supposed to be like a three month turnaround turned into eight. <laughs> yeah, it's been six months. It's like, can we turn this on yet? We're ready. Yep. Are you ready? Yeah. Huh? Yep. There's, but there's so many people involved. I didn't realize there's like 20 people involved in one freaking order. I'm like, yeah. So I got a whole sheet of always, all the different people yeah. I get to call. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is a really frustrating it, time. Know. Good. I'm glad that okay. you're enjoying it. I hated every okay. single second of it. Uh, our Zayo rep called Online, at yeah, one point. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, our Zayo rep called one day because we, we'd called her and left her a message and sent her emails and been like, hey, we have some questions on this. Where are we at? And like three or four days later, she calls back and she calls the office. And I'm just like, we're going to sit down and have a conversation here, hun. Because <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, I was very angry. <laughs> Was yeah. not a, yeah. I was not as charitable as I should have been. Yeah. I, I ended up I've got 10 clients. I can't sign up because I have no internet, but I can't go and complain. And mm-hmm. no, I mean, I can, but I'm not going to go and complain. It's like, I'll go through the appropriate yeah. channels. And yeah. secretly, I'm really pissed off right now. This is like day two with me. Like, we've got 50 down and 10 up here. This is killing me. My 5G hotspot has more bandwidth than this cable connection. I couldn't get my internet yet. So it is over 5G, which is great, and it works because the cell site's right there. That's my backup too. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I would argue this is what your sales reps are for. Call them mm-hmm. and hammer them because they just got a big commission off of you. And yeah. instead of instead of you calling and hounding the tech guys who are working hard, yep. call your sales yep. rep every single oh, day because they've got the yep. internal uh, channels to call to get your stuff fixed. But that's what Do they made the big commission for. Too. Yeah. Yeah, and my sales guy's local, which I really like. He he's he's in Seattle, so it's like, oh, wait a second, you're not somewhere in another country. Cool, awesome, let's do this. Then so he came out to a luncheon and all that stuff, and I'm like, wait a second, you really want this stuff? Okay, okay. So it's really cool to to see that there's actually people in this world who care enough to want to see an ISP launch and to and to see a a better option out here. And as I hear from you know, through the grapevine and they're in, some of their engineers are like, why aren't we doing this stuff? Why don't we do 60 gigahertz, gigabit rooftops? Good question. Well, the politics of it don't let them do that. They, they can't. I mean, they have to take someone like me who wants to buy it to then sell it. I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty happy and pretty pissed off, but pretty happy at the same time. It's like, I'm almost there. I got my IPs. Oh, I got to figure BGP out. Oh, man. Okay, let me get on the Slack group. Anybody know? <laughs> Try this. Cool. More videos. More reading. So. Yeah, all the fun, Joys. all the yeah. craziness. It keeps okay. us always busy. All right. Well, what was uh, anything else news wise 
uh, that's making you guys excited. I think I think Ubiquity's got some new stuff coming out. Uh, didn't the actually no the the sixty gigahertz the LR Arthur was it that hit G no no the Wave AP hit general availability, uh, and then oh, they have a two point five gig Ethernet and the ten gig SFP. That just so, came out. I just saw that. They got two point five gig Ethernet, which is their PoE in. But who is making? A 2.5 gigabit PoE plus plus output switch Nobody. that we can hang on a tower. No, you're right. Nobody, Nobody is. So Nobody. I love the 2.5 gig port uh, as a wisp. It's great, but there's no yeah. switch manufacturers out there yet yeah. that are helping us out. Yeah. Yeah. We well, stick with at least Cambium. Outdoor I'm very happy with this. Yeah, I do uh, Cambium for my outdoor because they work. One of them we thought it was DOA and it wasn't. They just didn't configure right for us, so they had a whole new unit and everything. But you know, I'm I'm happy with the outdoor APs of Cambium. They're really good. But when they're not really good, they're not really good either. So yeah, it's technology for you, right? It's like, is it my end or the antenna, or is it the injector, or is it broken? Who knows? I, I was it's looking at the stick. at the new wave. <laughs> They've got a um, what a mounting bracket that essentially puts three of those things together mm -hmm. to give you 90 degrees. And yep. when you look at it, it's it's just simply a mounting bracket, right? They've done nothing yeah. with the electronics. So if you're going to do, yep. if you're going to compete with, say, a Cichlu or a, a, mm -hmm. a Cambium on a, on a Terragraph yep. type installation, and you're going to go 360 degrees, that is 12 fibers you've got coming down from that tower just to support yep. those APs, let alone the power budget wow. that that's going to require. Like that is going to be three or four times the power budget of, yeah. of, a, of a simple uh, Cichlu AP up there doing the same exact mm -hmm. thing. It, it's going yeah. to be hard to justify that with 30 degree yeah. uh, sectors and not combining the electronics Maybe. in that. Yeah. yeah. So what's the I power the requirement on a Cichlu? Uh, those things run at about, I'm trying to think what mine we're running at. They run at about 20 watts. Okay. And 48, uh, 48 volt. I mean, you're, I mean, that's, yeah, you're talking six times the power. That's, that adds up. I mean, sure, you know, 60 80 120 watts it's not that big but when you have to pay for your power that that adds up yeah. i mean over the course of a yeah. year that's in colorado what are we still but it was like 10 cents a kilowatt hour out by wow. I'm more concerned that it, it's not a lot until you're running on a battery bank because the power has no. gone down and now you've yeah. gone from you know, 24 hours of battery to 10 hours of battery or less uh, mm -hmm. that's when it really is going to hit you yeah, yeah. That, that's our next step is we're instead of a generator here we're just doing four 100 amp hour 48 volt batteries done there's three days of power because the rack only pulls 400 watts right now it's going to pull more later but i can add batteries to it and that's kind of our okay I'm on a main highway here, so the odds of the power going out, it went out once. I was in the basement putting, <laughs> putting shelves together, and then pff, lights go on. I'm like, what did Guarantee I do? you. Oh. As, soon as, as soon as you want to go on vacation, the power's going to oh, yeah. go out for three yeah. days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Without, without bloody fail. I know. I know. You, 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 law, right? the, the general <laughs> rule is a backup of a backup. Yeah. So, you know, in our data center, we have AB power, we have uh, AB feeds, and we have a pair of gen sets. Yeah. Wow. You're so, definitely super backed up. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had power go out for three days. 
as you just said. Wow. And wow. it used about 50 gallons of propane. Uh, it wasn't wow. horrible, but no. we stayed up. It's Everything stayed gallon, up. Nobody knew about it. And that, that's wow. really the big key is nobody knew about it. You know, yeah. if you can keep everything up and running without anybody knowing it, that's that's the name of the game. Yeah, we had a power outage. Uh, our first big outage, and it was out for six hours. But my battery backup lasts eleven. I'm like, oh, we're good. It's just one piece of equipment, so that's all yeah. that mattered. I'm like, okay, we're good. But I actually called the business who were the equipment's located. Like, oh, hey, you're online. Everything's beeping. Everything's good. I'm like, good to know. No phone calls, and the power came back on. So, yeah, it does happen, especially in the wintertime or in the summertime, in the middle of the day, power's out. Why? Oh, a tree hit the line four miles up the road, took the high-volt line out for the whole city. <laughs> yep. I found the power's always happened. out for about 20 minutes longer than your batteries are intended to. <laughs> yes, yes. And then you're doing a truck roll because you depleted the battery and something out there broke when it came yeah. comes back yeah. out. Or, yeah. or what's even yeah. worse is whenever you have all your UPSs plugged into a similar outlet and whenever they all come back online, then they start charging, which <laughs> pops the breaker. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I've seen that, that too. Yep. Uh, oh, and we got power back. Oh, we, no, we don't. <laughs> that's why yeah. we had them building four 20 amp circuits in the basement, individual runs, just for that reason. I'm like, I know it's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> all, yeah. all of our UPSs, you know, we, we run 220 on, on everything. So nice. I would I always. 120. We should have done two, but whatever. <laughs> in the big power outages, I, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but. So the, I, mean, I would see everyone go down except for the customers who had battery backups or they had their own gen. I knew who had battery backups because they didn't go down at all. And I knew had uh -huh. generator. Well, they didn't go down for at least an hour or two. And then they went down. And then I knew the ones who had generators because they would go down for like 20 plus minutes and then they would come up with everyone else coming up. And mm -hmm. I, I, every time that that happened in a, in a certain area, I would just turn off all the bandwidth limiters and just be like, oh, if you want to have power in, in this outage, I'll yeah. give you whatever you can get. <laughs> Cause mm -hmm. that was my, and that was my favorite just to see who could get the most. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have little races between my various customers. Right. I never you, told you, them. you, you need a new life. You, okay. you need a, a something, <laughs> you know, yeah. a hobby, uh. something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do photography go, as my go, hobby. Go bowling, go bowling, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Well, the power's out. Go bowling. Go yeah, yeah, bowling. Go. <laughs> Bring your flashlight. Okay, I, I'm going to admit it wasn't healthy, but it was it was my pastime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, what else have y'all been getting doing to get ready for this big storm that we're coming up for? For the most part, on our yeah, I'll, I'll go. You want to go? It's up to you. I say, um, storm-wise, it's supposed to snow again. And I'm like, well, I should be able to get out of here. I was sliding all over today. I got stuck down the road. So one of my clients, he's got this big truck. He's a, a yard guy. So he's got sandbags, puts some dirt into my tires, came right out. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Pays to live in a small town where people are like, do you have a cell phone? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Thank you for asking. It's very rare. In the city, the big city, you don't get that. You don't get that, that whole town's hospitality of... Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just halfway in the road because I can't move my car. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, all of our customers, 99% of them are already set up with redundancies. So it's between UPS generators. Uh, they usually go out and get gas. Uh, they'll fill up all, you know, they'll either buy new gas tanks or fill up new other tanks. 
uh, et cetera. Uh, I do know some ISPs that last week, uh, we were actually one of them, that we uh, contacted the propane company and said, hey, we need a, a fill sometime this week before the weather hits. That way, if there is some issue, we we have a, a really good runtime. Uh, we have a 500-gallon tank, so it, it's fine for us. Um, wow, but, propane. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it, the, the, the ideal is that you need to have – it's going to take us – a day or two to get a fill okay unless we want to pay the emergency fee which is yeah. like stupid price so you know uh the t size of the tank really didn't matter the propane really doesn't go bad so mm -hmm. you know why why I not propane at home i love it it's great yeah it's just expensive at 320 a gallon like yeah we we were paying uh, before before covid we were paying like a dollar ten a gallon which was stupid wow. priced. And now it's, yeah. it's like 250, 260, and that's on a contract. So uh, wow. it, it definitely adds up. So it does, but you don't go offline. That's the thing. Yeah. No that's, doubt. that's the big thing is, you know, if you design your network correctly, you design everything mm -hmm. with redundancies. You uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, active, active routers. So I want a pair of routers with edges. I want a pair of cores uh, that are all active. I don't like to do the active backup stuff, which uh, I know other people like to do, but I'm not a fan of that. Uh, because no, guess what? Whenever, whenever it, whenever it cuts server, there's always something that's missing. It, yep. It's never, it's never, it never works right. So, mm -hmm. um, at any which rate, but that's that's basically it. I mean, everybody's keeping up. I do know a lot of people are working from home. Uh, my wife, they, her company, they already told everybody that you know tomorrow. Tomorrow's when we're supposed to get hit with the storm. I probably said that uh, to all the team here before we we went live, but uh, she's she's gonna be working from home, so you know, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, at home, I have three. I have uh, the local uh, the local Wisp. I have Starlink, and I have LTE. This I'm noticing yeah. that this storm is. This is one of those that we don't get very often, right? And they're right. they're calling for negative fifty with wind chill in Colorado. Uh, that's not unusual for what Montana and Wyoming and North and South Dakota are seeing. And 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 I've been chatting with we use Wisp Assist for our our frontline uh, uh, support. And I was chatting with them this evening. Our the front came through us uh, at about four forty five, and we went from fifty five degrees to currently at seven degrees outside right now. I'm watching. Uh, all of my uh, Dragon Wave radios are reporting back to me that their internal temperature right now is nine degrees inside an active radio. Uh, we are wow. we're below the the operating threshold for some of these radios. And uh, when I was chatting with Wispasis, they said they had customers that had you know, hundreds of radios down uh, across their network. When the front hit us, uh, we dropped to seven degrees. Uh, we're a camp, but we do have some ubiquity. Uh, equipment out there every single one of the ubiquity radios went offline uh, within about 15 minutes of each other because we hit that minimum temperature that these things are built to operate at no matter mm -hmm. what kind of redundancies that you put into place in a network eventually you're at these temperatures that are just either higher or lower than the equipment is ever designed for uh, and it's going to go offline and unfortunately tomorrow we got people that are going to be working from home because they're being smart and they're not going out in the roads in this but we're going to have customers that are down and, and even though I've, I've run a wisp for seven years i've been banging the fiber drum from day one i've always believed that the the end goal in the united states is fiber to every single home. Uh, and I know some WISP operators don't want to hear that, but when you put a piece of glass underground, 
that's one thing I never have to worry about. And it can get down to negative 100 outside, and that piece of glass matter. is going to continue yeah. to pass the pass light through. Uh, when, there's, when it's cold here, I want it. We have 100 mile an hour winds routinely in the wintertime uh, along the front range wow. here. Uh, those keep me up at night because we've in the next morning, you've got so many radios that have, that have come out of alignment as a result of that. So when you bury something underground, it's just one less thing you got to worry about with yeah. all these, uh, these environmental storms that seem to be getting worse and worse uh, year after yeah. year. Well, keep in mind, keep in mind, you know, fiber is still not impervious to those types of things. Uh, there is this wonderful sure. thing called backhoe fade. And I'll agree with you that, you know, the fiber in the, in the, uh, the long term is, is probably the best. The, the downside to though is there is so much country inside, inside the United States. There's so much space that it's not practical to install everywhere. It's You're just, right. it's just not. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I agree with that. It, it, in the urban areas, suburban areas, it, that's easy, but out in the farmlands and the rural uh, areas, it, it is difficult. Will it happen someday? I think so. Yeah. It, yeah is, someday. it is really expensive and it's hard for wisps. Right. And there's still a, certainly an argument for, for, I'm not saying get rid of RF, but I, mm-hmm. I do believe that the end goal should be a cable and that cable these days, the most sense is, is glass. This yeah. is why I like the open yeah. access model where people can get fiber to the home through their county. It's going to cost you a bit, but unless a tree hits it, it's not going to go down. Although it goes yeah. down more than I care to admit because people break things. It's like, don't play with the fiber. Leave it alone. So they put the CPs on the inside, on the outside of the house and run a wall wart inside, and I just come and terminate the cable so they can't touch them now. It's like, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've, uh, we've had our share of, M, uh, not MDUs, but, uh, you know, those open access community networks. And uh, for the most part, uh, the state-run operations are fairly decent. However, they mm-hmm. don't make a whole lot of facility access uh possible yeah uh, the anything on the on the the city or county sides typically has a singular person that you could trace all the design and engineering back to and they don't have enough money to complete loops etc so now you're in that basically the same boat yep. as everybody else yep. um yep. you know yeah, they build what now is referred to as the, the middle mile to nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. They believe they put some fiber in and all these ISPs are going to come to town and, and jump on that and be able to service all of their customers. And it doesn't work. And you're right. I think the the local and provincial governments just don't have the the bandwidth, so to speak, to to be doing open access fiber. It takes you know companies right. like I think a company like Utopia uh, is one that has really done yeah, this properly, where it's a kind of a quasi governmental agency that is doing it uh, and selling it to the ISPs or giving the ISPs access to it, but it's not beholden to any one government or any one legislature body. They're a, they're an independent mm-hmm. company that gets to do this and is doing it right and has the engineering. Back Background. Amazing. Uh, it, it, yeah, they really are a success. And if we could duplicate wow. that uh, in more places, yeah. I think we we would yep. be benefiting our citizens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. get the I, century I link with... to the lumens of the world to run fiber to let us, you know, do it, something like that. But they won't do that because of politics. It's well, like, actually, you say that, different. Andrew. But I so uh, I I play cards with this um, with a with a CenturyLink guy. And basically mm-hmm. in northeastern Colorado. And so basically all he's been doing for the last two years is one gig drops all across Colorado for like small ISPs. 
and wow. people buy it. They get DIA for it, and then they get a within four hours of a phone call, there is a tech on the road to do diagnostics. Wow. That's and, amazing. And apparently, they're doing boatloads of those, and that's what yeah. uh, that's what Lumen wants to go to nowadays. Is yep. Uh, be just Couple like a middle mile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why why yeah. would you want to have to deal with all the individual subs whenever you can just deal with just you know a few? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's I like the, it was brilliant. That's, that's the the best business model out there. Is, whole, well, hey, I, I, I'm just going to wholesale yeah. it to every you know to the the yep. eight ISPs that are out there, and it's all good. Yeah. Um. The one thing that uh, what was it Utopia? I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing that they do really well, and we've actually had several discussions with state representatives on. Uh, um, for our customers is they want to have the open access to get the fiber to all these subdivisions and homes and stuff. That's great. But what they don't think about is how are you going to get bandwidth to them? Mm -hmm. Is it all at one data center? Is it all at one suite? Is it at two data centers? Or is there some, where, where are these interconnections going to occur? So the example is, is one, uh, one of uh, uh, our customers, they want to get on this open access program and they have currently a cross connect from a cogent router to uh, another uh, layer two provider. Okay. And it's all in the meet me room. So there's no cross connect fees. It's all happy. The problem is that where the state provider is or where the state is uh, running this fiber network is, is in the basement. So eight floors down. So now the question is, is how do they get fiber from their cogent down to that room? Can they install something in that room? Which, by the way, the state doesn't actually contract with the data center. It's actually a third party. They're actually renting a rack inside of a suite. So they're a third party to a third party to a third party. Now, how do you get fibers or cross connects ran? Who's going to pay the, pay for that? How can they get access to their equipment? Can they even put equipment in the rack and actually have access to it? And Six that was down. right. And that was kind of some of the issues that when we started talking with the state, they're like, "Well, we just figured they would just be here." And I'm like, no, that's, you know, they're going to have to bring it in from somewhere. And it's either they're mm -hmm. going to have to put their own equipment in or they or they already have a suite or a rack or a quarter rack or an eighth rack in the data center. And I'm like, whenever I talk to our customer, I was like, technically, that's probably what I would do. I would sit there and, be, you know, basically buy a, an eighth of a rack, go put your equipment in and just let it run. Because that way you are a customer of the data center. The data center, you can order your cross connects. It's all really easy. Okay. Then you get support because it's the data center, not a third party of a third party of a third party of having right, Bob right. in and Frank to get access to something two weeks from now. Like, right. No, but that's not now. what the state wants. The state wants you, oh, well, you just put your, you, you, we'll give you four you in, in our rack for free. Well, that's fine, but that doesn't help us get those cross connects. So, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely an issue uh, with most of these state providers that they don't think about the the other end of the uh, the fiber as well. Yeah, yeah, these are real yeah. easy to and real hard to do well, mm -hmm. uh, and the ones that get screwed up really are given kind of that open access a bad name uh, because there's just yeah. so many of them that have been screwed up. Uh, because they're just mm -hmm. you don't think about all the kind of little minutiae of that. You don't have the right people in the right places to, to run them. Yeah, mm -hmm. and everything yeah. just turns into a mess. And the bandwidth too. I know other open access providers who can't buy bandwidth from the carrier because they use too much bandwidth. Well, why would you even use your bandwidth in the first place? It's too expensive. 
Oh, because you don't want to pull it yourself. That's what we do. We pull our own bandwidth. We don't, we don't want to use your bandwidth. We want to use our bandwidth. Because yeah. if you go down, yeah. we don't go down. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so networking works. So, yeah. you know, we have uh, a dark fiber provider here. We'll have uh, the government in here, the state in here, and then we'll have our private optics, which are already here. So we got four feeds that will come in, and it's like, what are we done to see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've called the All other you know, providers and say, hey, you want to loop into our network? No. Okay. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. We'll run <laughs> you out. never wants to play with you. Yeah. Oh, they no, will. They'll no, try. They, like, yeah, so, they try, but yeah. I, uh, d- back to preparations for the snowstorm. I, I, I remember, was it a week or two ago, we had this pretty big windstorm. And I, I remember like waking up in the middle of it being like, oh, no, it's good to be raining. Oh, I don't, I don't have to worry about that anymore because I, I just have fiber that I babysit and DSL that I don't have to deal with the copper on. Like, it's really, really, really nice being a fiber <laughs> ISP. Uh, yeah. Last year, I think so, I was telling you guys my saga of the Cambium uh, shovels, right? Yeah. The 3,000 teragraphs, which were built yeah. like an upside down shovel, collected the snow. So they had sent us in the spring uh, some uh, cover those most of them were, were fabric in nature testing on there we tried putting never wet um, nonetheless none of those really worked out cambium though to their defense uh, over the summer did build an injection molded kind of hard plastic radome cover now that is designed to go over the v3000 uh, we've got 10 of them now deployed uh, through a couple snowstorms they work they work really well um the more fabric that we had on during the summertime, they were made out of kind of a, a material like an umbrella almost that they, they built and cut to, to fit over the radio. Those all disintegrated in the UV. One of them, uh, the top of it opened up. We had a snowstorm. It then allowed the shovel to fill up with snow, yeah. but it couldn't empty out the bottom, right? So it made the problem worse. Uh, <laughs> but they've sent us new ones. We've replaced all the old fabric ones that we were beta testing for them. And I think they've, they finally fixed it. Uh, their new V2000 that has come out has a radome built into the design. Uh, so uh, while they took a lot of heat and should have uh, last year over that design, they, they do have a relatively inexpensive, I think they're about 20 bucks uh, yeah. a radome cover uh, that, that fixes the problem now. And they snap on and, and they work great. So that problem I think know, is behind gonna... us. So, good to know. I'm glad yeah. they fixed that because I, I like Cambium. It's a little pricey, but it's good, and the support's pretty good, too. They said, if you have any issues, we have the man here, and he'll make it work for you. They weren't kidding. They made it work for me. I'm like, okay, I'm happy with Cambium. You're too expensive, though, but I'm going to keep using it anyway because it works, right? And, and well, it works. well but the question is, is why are they too expensive? Maybe it's because I'm compared to like people like Ubiquity, who's like, Entry level prosumer, it's like no, I want commercial grade stuff, but I'm not going to do like NEC right. or. You know, but I mean that that's but that's what I'm saying is you know Ubiquity came in and they they basically disrupted the market with these super low prices, but they don't yeah. have the quality, they don't have no. the technology, they don't have any support or what support they have is no support ex- existent, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you know yeah. you're you're comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. In those particular cases. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dennis, you're 100. percent 100% correct on that. You get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. And when you yeah. pay for a quality link, those are the radios I don't worry about. Today, all yeah. my ubiquities are down, all my cambiums, all my cyclus, all my dragon waves are up. Uh, and you get what you pay for. I would rather pay more yeah. on the front end mm-hmm. uh, than, um, than have to deal with this in the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the customers who are happy, they leave you negative reviews, they don't tell people about you. It's like, I don't want any of that stuff. I want to come out as being pristine, good. It's like, why am I paying this much? Because you're not paying for garbage. You're going to get something quality. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know? 
We built it that way. <laughs> yeah, because hey, so. I'm because I've been working my blood, sweat, and tears into this. To get this thing going for you, like, well, why would you do that? Yeah. Because nobody else cares. Well, someone else tried and he couldn't get it to go, and it's you're just not doing it right. It takes mm-hmm. time, and I do it in the middle of a recession too. It's like, what am I doing? This is such a good idea because I know everyone's rates are going to go up, or ours will stay the same. Yeah. So yeah, and so um, yeah, and, and really, I would say that Andrew, yeah, that that is the big thing. And Dennis, you were right, um, just hitting the head because, and I I really think like Wispa, we've seen that over the last couple of years. Like Ubiquity used to have a mega booth and all sorts of cool, interesting products and such, and they haven't shown up. I guess they're still they're now a sponsor again with um for Wispa, um, but they haven't been to Wispa Palooza in the last two three years. And they show up to the uh, booth, and they can sponsor it. <laughs> it's like you got a booth there, you don't show up. Yeah, well, I they didn't even have a booth this year and last year, which yeah, and, and they weren't. I uh, wanted like, to go this year so bad, but couldn't. It was it. fun. It was a lot. It was, of fun, it was a good but, time. Uh, good time. Yeah, it yeah. was a good time. But um, I I think I I really see that dedication to the the market because like Cambion's been really like reflecting on what people are saying and responding to that, and I, I really do appreciate that. Cause like I I've even reached out to them a couple of times recently and been like, yeah, I, I know I don't buy any of your stuff, but I talk about your stuff all the time. I'm on the forums all the time. I have these concerns and the guy who I've never bought anything from still like, listen, here's me out. And he's like, you know what? That's, that's good stuff. And uh, talks to me. So Steve Keeley is like, I love him a lot. He's a great guy. And he's, he's always been there for like various questions and such. So um it's been hard I, to find a provider like that like cambium yeah. like i didn't know about cambium until chad mentioned it uh last year or the year before something like that i'm like who's this cambium oh it's just yeah. motorola these guys should be good and i did some research into it we've got an outdoor antenna i think that thing's blasted it's like wow wi-fi six holy crap i wish i had a wi-fi six device to test it on but 800 megs pretty good it's like yeah so um all right, so we've got the Wave AP hitting market. Um, any of the other fun stuff from Ubiquity that anyone's been particularly interested in? I'm trying to think. Cloud Key, maybe. Yeah, they've got so, they've got all sorts of weird news. Where stuff. where are they rumor wise with uh, Wi-Fi six E? Have we heard anything from them about potential products in that? Uh, they've got the software and they have the beta in the beta store. They have the um, the CPEs out. Um, we that are doing seen... six gigahertz, like the full spread of the entire. So, so it's Wi Fi. It's Wi Fi six E, not six. Mm. Okay, well, six not E Wi-Fi is six gigahertz, right? No, it's, it's AX in six gigahertz. No, Wi Fi six is just the AX protocol on in five gigahertz. Right, six E is six gigahertz. Uh, that six E adds yeah. the extended six gigahertz. Right. Is it the whole? Like, yeah, but also power. note that that is not not available to, to be used inside the United States yet, without a license. Oh, really? they, they are giving experimental license. Correct. Well. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. So, so do you, we know if it's going to be the whole spectrum? Because like Mimosa's A6 doesn't have the whole spectrum. Is the, I, I do not believe any of the Ubiquity gear, and I, I'm not a Ubiquity expert. Don't ask. Don't. I can't sit there and tell you this. I do not believe that they have any 6E stuff out. Okay. So, all right. So we're still waiting on that. However, it's, it should be very easy to put a 6E chip in it 
It's just really opening up the bands because it's the same protocol. Yeah. There's really there's really not much to do other than opening up the band. Yeah. Maybe and, redesigning and, an antenna. Yeah, so redesigning they've, they've the antenna, kind of band filters, stuff like that. They've given up on the LTU and have moved to AX as their kind of replacement for LTU protocol. Is that what, what they're doing? You don't hear much LTU anymore. <sighs> I I do know that there are people that are using LTU and they're liking it. Uh, I can't sit there. I cannot sit there and tell tell you yes or no on that. I've got I've got a customer who loves the heck of it and can use it, but they're out in the middle of nowhere and there's no one else around them, and they're they're only interference provider. So it's but beyond them, like I've seen so many guys in like high noise environments or really any com competition environment not be able to and then also or like long distance stuff guys really struggle with the ltu and it's just like really hard for me to i i have one guy who keeps asking me he's like well what do you think about going to the ltu i'm like i i haven't run it enough to be able to be to say it's better i had a point-to-point -point link that was great but product availability is also an issue on mm -hmm. on any of those types of things so but yeah, the AC gear is still kicking butt. So I, they haven't released in, they, let's see, they had like the, the, the light AP LTU that they created, that they came out with a couple months ago. I, I don't know. I wonder if the chipset that they have is with it being customized and such, if they can get MIMO, because that's the key. Like everyone's figured it, everyone figured out Ubiquity was like, we're just going to go with higher bit rate. Uh, on the same two chains, but everyone else went MIMO and Ubiquity didn't. And then I, I feel like the AX uh, CPE that is backwards compatible with the AC gear is an admission of defeat. Uh, and they're, I don't know if the LTE, I, it's sad to me because they spent a boatload of money on it. And you know, I don't, I hate to, you know, ev everyone loves to knock on Ubiquity, but they did disrupt the market. They, they did in a lot of ways meet a demand and they enabled a lot of internet companies to exist that otherwise couldn't have afforded it. So you know, we can knock them. Yeah. And we can all knock on them yeah. for various things and there's, there, there are no saints, but they did make a niche in the market and created something. So I, it, it makes me sad to see competition kind of die out in that way. And like there, and the LTU was really a kind of a cool idea, but it's it's sad to me to see a product kind of fail like that, and it it makes me feel sad and not happy because I want everything to win. <laughs> you can't have that. <laughs> well, they they were disruptive with with pricing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so AP Pros, I've installed probably a hundred of those things in hotels, houses, restaurants, and they're easy, plug and play, done. Yeah. They're not very. I mean, they're not super the good, side. but they work. Yep. Yeah, it yep. works, you know. I, so, I tried to convert a client from Ubiquity to, you know, Mimosa or Cambium. They told me no. I'm like, all right, what, that's what, fine. <laughs> what are you thinking there, Dennis? So uh, there is, in the early access stuff, there is some uh, U6 Enterprise that they are stating that they have 6 gigahertz bands, but it just says Wi-Fi 6 support, not 6E. Hmm. And that's so, outdoor stuff. That's not indoor Unify, that, right? That is, that is a Unify. Oh, that's access, right. okay. access point U6 Enterprise. I've got two of those in my house. They are 6E. Uh, I can confirm because I've got some 6E uh, client yeah. devices that do full 6 gigahertz. Um, 
and we could do a whole nother show on on the problems with 6e and, and ax and, and backwards compatibility but yeah they they are out there i think they're about what 400 bucks dennis for the they're, they're for each ap three, 300 is what they're okay this this says yeah, so they're they're a, a third to to more the uh, the price of the next closest competitor which might be cambium you know ruckus's ap i think is close to two thousand dollars still uh cambium's about a thousand dollars ruckus will never ruckus will never be down in that that arena no, no they won't but when you're if you're starting to look at you know i want wi-fi 6e uh indoor wi-fi they're right now the only one that that is really a, somewhat affordable the only issue is that there's nobody that has 6e devices other than a cell phone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, well, actually, I mean, my laptop. The new I, laptop. I, I, gotta say, I bought my laptop last year and it does not have 6e in it. Doesn't even offer six or AX, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, it, it'll all change, but, you know, yeah. it, that, it just takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so. Um, I guess uh, Billows actually they're supposed to this this on Christmas Day they're actually supposed to be getting their shipment of their uh Billow six uh, uh access points. So uh, I actually have a friend who is beta testing that, and uh, he said it's been working all right. But yeah, he did have com- weird compatibility issues with a like eight-year-old laptop and then a few other things. Yeah, is that yeah, just they're... because it's it's it was trying to use the one of the Wi-Fi six channels and so, uh, so that's, that's one of them. Uh, so it's just like, you know, if you're using Unify, you really can't run that on, you know, the uni two band because there's so many devices that don't run uni two. So you have to run it on, you know, the, the other band. So that's one issue with Wi-Fi six E on the actual AX protocol. The AX protocol actually uses, it prefers to use WPA three. Okay. That is its its bread and butter. That's where you get the best performance, etc. It will use WPA2, but if you have WPA3 on, you cannot have WPA on. Really? Well, so I will, I'll, I'll take that a step further. The Unify, if you use gigahertz channels, the Unify will not allow WPA2. It must yeah, be yeah. WPA3 only which means there's zero backwards compatibility and all of your IoT devices fail so that you end up spinning up multiple SSIDs uh, on the single mm-hmm. AP just to get stuff in your house to work. Yeah, it is, it is yeah. WPA3 only, at least with Unify's implementation of it. Yeah. Which, no it, at some point, you got to cut off and you got to move forward, and WPA yeah. is much more secure, but zero backwards compatibility right now. Yeah. 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 So uh, with like Microtech's uh, Wi-Fi 6 gear, we can run WPA and WPA2. If you turn on WPA3, WPA2 can stay on, but WPA cannot. And of course, you know, you have freaking refrigerators out there that have to connect to Wi-Fi and they only support yeah. WPA or, or yep. thermostats okay. and, and crap Roku. like that. So, <laughs> you know. Roku Express, they're only 2.4 gigahertz. They do not run on five. Yep, yep. I have okay. several clients who have them. They're like, it won't work. And they have the router for their cable mm-hmm. ISP. So I came with one of my routers, plugged in, and like, hey, it works. I'm like, I know. Don't use <laughs> this, that one thing, please. <laughs> this is the next tech support problem that Wisps are going to have as people start yep. 6E stuff. Um, we're going to see a yep. whole new batch of it for Christmas that's given as gifts, and they're going to install uh-huh. it, and things are going to break because there's no backwards compatibility, and it's going to yep. be mm-hmm. on us mm-hmm. to help troubleshoot that. And these are hard things that's to troubleshoot. Happen. Yes, yes. They are. They are. That's yeah. the half of my shop, too, is I do IT repair. It's more of, I have a computer and I have a router, and they don't work together. Make it work. I get lots of those. Like, traditionally during December, it's like calls through the roof. I'm like, 
what did I do? Oh, it's because I help you and nobody will. Okay. Yeah, as long as, long as you're charging, who cares? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're know. not a customer, they definitely yeah, get to pay. Yeah, but yeah. if you're a customer, I'll help you their Wi-Fi for free. That's the thing. It's, it comes with it. Really? Say, so, yeah. But if you're going to call me six times to come to your house, I'm going to bill you every time. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll actually tell you a story about that. And I'll just make this real quick. Uh, a customer, this was a number of years back. They had their customer service team that answered phones. They had eight people answering phones between wow. 6 a.m. and uh, 8 p.m. Okay. When we converted their network over to a new billing system that they finally could actually enter tickets per the customer account, they'd never had that before. Okay. And they're like, well, why do we need it? Because we need to know who the problem customers are, number one. Not to mention, we also need other things. Well, one of the very first things that occurred when we started doing that project is we, they couldn't find the customer accounts. It turned out after three months, we basically said, okay, now you must find a customer account to be able to help them with anything, to help them connect their dang, you know, uh, PlayStation, to help them connect any anything to their network or help them in any which way, you must find an account. And if you can't find an account, start asking them, and we had a list of questions. And sure enough, they found out that about 28% of every support call was former customers. <laughs> yep. 28%. They could literally yeah. fire two people or move two people out of customer support. Yeah. Because they were helping people that had switched over to DSL or cable or something else. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's man. Yeah, you gotta help the customers. Make sure your customers pretty help them. Otherwise, that's a PC but, repair job. Right, but the but the problem <laughs> is, is that there's billing systems out there that doesn't that that you can't do that or you can't tag yeah. a customer that they called or anything like that. And that was yeah. the issue that they had. Yeah, that's real money out the door. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's just money right out the door. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. got to be paying attention. So, I mean, we had customers like that who liked us so much for us tech support. And we I build them hourly for it, but um, like that was that's I I couldn't imagine twenty eight percent. I was like two or three, but I don't know. I don't know. No, I no. A, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, impressive. they had they had like twenty eight hundred customers. Okay, but they they literally had a lot of a lot of tech support. And keep in mind, they were also in the uh, the Snowbird area, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So you have a, you have a lot of uh, people yep. calling in for support. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm here on vacation for the next three months because it's too cold at home. Like here in Washington, all the snowboards go to Arizona yeah. and they all bring their hotspots with them. And, you know, mm -hmm. so whoever's through and they're always like, Hey, I'm down here and this isn't working. Can you help me? I'm like, I, yeah. you have internet. We, we had a, no. we had a big problem because we, we had that snow, uh, we had a snowbird park there that had 850 units. Wow. So it was huge. I mean, they had two grocery stores, they had four bars I mean, it was absolutely massive, but eight months out of the year, there was maybe 150 people in it. Wow. So we would yeah. basically, so the WISP was the only one that would bring in a gigabit wireless link mm -hmm. to them to be able to service the customers for the three to four months that they were there. Wow. That's expensive. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, but, but the problem is what's the difference if, if they bring in fiber, now they're paying fiber prices. And on top of that, they they're paying it throughout yeah. the year. Where yep. the, the the wisp ended up taking a mm -hmm. cut, uh, yeah. basically they actually managed the Wi-Fi, so that it worked out for yeah. them. 
So that's oh, part of what new- we're doing here too, where fiber links become too expensive. Like, why would I pay thousands of dollars a month for one gig when I could shoot 1.5 gig down the road from you using Cambium? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, that's, so, that's where we make our money. Is so you did ask about new ubiquity products. You know, don't forget we also have this wonderful EV station thing going on. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited to plug my. <laughs> I'm never exactly. going to plug any vehicle into that. <laughs> so do I get to use? Go together. Do I get to use my ubiquity solar panels? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah my ubiquity <laughs> charger, and then my ubiquity door access card will give me access to the charger, and then I can use my ubiquity phone for tech support uh, if it doesn't work. Right? Are we going to lump all yeah, these products yeah. together? Well, I, and- I, I personally feel that ubiquity has lost their focus. <laughs> yeah, and they're just, they're just, and I hate to say it, they're literally becoming. Uh, what? Well, there, there's a Chinese company that they have like everything on their website. I can't think of the name of it, but it's it's basically that's what they're doing. They're basically if they can develop it and they can make it, then they will make it and they'll send it to Walmart. Mm. Because I mean, heck, now you got APs at Walmart. It's going to yep. look awesome. It's going to have great marketing. It's going to kind of work, and it's going to yep. be shut down in a year. Yep. I love to put some cameos on Walmart and get paid for it, but that will never happen. <laughs> you never know. It's, never know. Someday, you know, I have a, a business called like, jokes about it. He's like, you know, someday you just become the router. I'm like, no. No. Well, yeah. actually, maybe. Hey, never never, never yeah. underestimate the, the bandwidth of a Chevy doing 55 down the interstate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It's moving. It's going. <laughs> Especially so. with one of those 60 uh, hard drive uh, servers in the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, geez. Uh, I have a 24 bay, one in the basement, <laughs> 2.5 inch though, and they're all SSD, so I'm good. It's like okay, but it still weighs 100 pounds. It's like, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So, well, um, let's see what other fun stuff has hit the market recently. Uh, I think we're starting to see uh, BDC stuff. Uh, wait, no, was it? Yeah, yeah, deployment. Uh, we're starting to see people get to report on that and having issues with the reporting. Um. Uh, saying, is this hey, is this wrong. the is this the 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 comment period or the yeah, or the actual challenges? Comment? Yeah, the challenges. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. challenges. Yeah, yeah. That so. the challenge. That whole system I knew was going to be a, um. Well, I, you know, it's a CF word, but you know, you guys can figure that out. But uh, you said like we're 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 in a learning period. You said a couple months ago when we were talking about this, like it's going to be rough. They know it's going to be rough, guys. Just we'll work through it and get it and that's that's just what i feel like i want to scream every day when i see people frustrated with it. it's like yeah they yeah. knew it was bad because there is nothing and it's mm-hmm. but this is even this bad data is better than form 477 in all fairness it sounds like the challenges are making it back to the isps that are being challenged that the fcc has said we're not going to do anything in this first round except pass them on but they are being passed on and uh, ISPs that are being challenged are receiving them. So the system is somewhat working. Yeah, but but, but what if they don't do anything or, you know, who who's the arbitrator? Right now, there isn't one. And the FCC has right. been clear about that, that this first round, there is no arbitrator. We're just going to pass them on. Uh, but I think from a technical standpoint, you can challenge and the challenge is being sent on to the ISP that you're challenging. Yeah. At, at some point, we'll get some arbitration. They're going to have to to prove what's going on. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to give the FCC too much credit. But at least I'm surprised <laughs> the challenge process is even working. To be honest, yeah. Yeah. and I, I know tons of wisps that they're like, you know, if I'm excluded from, and, and I hate to sit there and say this, this is this is what's happening in the current current wisp market. We have the bead program, which 
basically they're saying, you know, wisps can't even qualify for any money. Okay. So now they're saying, so now wisps are saying, well, if I don't qualify, why do I even need to submit maps? Okay. On top of that, whenever you submit the maps, they say, Hey, all of your five gigahertz stuff isn't even going to be included anyway. Okay. Any of the unlicensed stuff. Okay. So I get where they're saying they're, they're literally leaving this because of the bead program. They're leaving out this big section of, of customers. Now, do I think the bead program will be for only fiber line providers? The answer is probably not. The state will end up ultimately deciding it or the states will be. Um, but it, it's just not a good situation in its entirety. And it's just like this, the FCC sticker. If there's no arbiter, or if there's nobody that's enforcing the correct data, then it's useless. Or at, at this point in time, it's useless. It, Dennis, answer this for me. If you're a small ISP and you're not going after any federal or state funding, you don't use any licensed links, what is the repercussion for not ever filing a 477 report to the FCC? What can they legally do to you as an ISP for not submitting the data they require? So every every jo- uh, every particular instance of you not submitting, so last round it had been two because you had the BDC and the Form 477, those are $15,000 fines. Hmm. Okay. Per instance. Per instance, right. Um, For falsifying bead information, if you, I'm sorry, not bead information, for BDC, if you falsify information and they learn about it, et cetera, $15,000 per instance. Okay. So where is a small operator who's using unlicensed networking equipment ever sign an agreement that says they're going to file this thing or or be fine the, by it. the the answer is it's in the it's in the act of congress because congress has given the fcc the authority to issue fines based on if you are operating inside the u.s these are the legal requirements on unlicensed equipment on, if everything on, on, is unlicensed how can you enforce on, that if you're selling if you say that if you, you if you are internet. an isp yeah yeah if you say yeah. that you sell internet broadband internet then you have to follow these rules. Correct. If you don't say that you sell internet and don't say that you sell mm-hmm. broadband, then you don't have to follow the rule. That but is correct. it's just the same way as like why all doc all dentists have to be licensed doctors in well, but they, they hold state. a license, yeah. To... Yeah. But the state is able the state is allowed to make a requirement. If you want to call yourself a dentist, you have to get a state license for this. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, but at the federal like level for fiber. internet server. Yeah. yeah. State of Washington. Now, the answer is the FCC currently, and I do know where they're currently sitting, but right now they, they don't want to hand out fines. That's not their goal. Their goal is to get the data. Okay. Will they start issuing fines? Will they, do they have a team of lawyers that has lists of ISPs that are actively advertising services. Yes. Are they checking on them and are they giving them time to make sure that they have the time to get get them in? The answer is yes. I mean, the last filing period, once the filing period ended, they kept it open for like two more months. Okay. So it wasn't like they they stopped the ability to get that done. Um, But Again, the, the simple fact is that if you're not going for that money, why do you have to toss out money to, to give those things? And, and, I, and I get that point too. 
you know? Yeah. Um, especially when you don't have any government money, you're not getting any money. Money will be based off the reports that you put in and they're still going to give money away to your competitors. It, it does. It does suck. So, yeah, so, I guess if their goal is to get money from the government to build your business as your main source of revenue, you should probably look elsewhere. That's kind of what we did. I'm like, I don't want to go. There's, to the there's a lot. There's a lot of ISPs that do that because I, yeah, because of the, the because case. of the quantity of money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what is that? Forty two billion dollars. You know, you start doing the math. There are I, there are fiber line providers out there that are saying they will build fiber line out to these rural areas. Fifty thousand dollars per mile. Wow, fifty k mile. I'm trying to think what. Yeah, I guess it makes sense here because I'm like three blocks away, and it it was a lot more than fifty. It was like over a hundred. Like, a lot. I know. Yeah. I know. I, guess, I know operators. Hard. I know operators, and obviously it varies state to state. But I know operators that are doing it for less than. Uh, what is it? What is it? Eight thousand dollars a mile. Wow. So now that now they're doing everything. They they bought all the gear. They get all the permits. They do everything yeah. in house. Yeah. Are, are they doing that aerial or buried? Buried. Wow, that is. I, wow. I guess if you're doing That's everything, really good. I mean, it depends. Do you, do you ha are you are you in my county? You know you know what our chief export here is. It's rock. Hmm. So, in my county, you ain't gonna do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. but. You know, it, it depends on where you're at. Here's it, all ditch, which is Washington. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. See, I, yeah, back in Colorado, out in the plains, it was pretty cheap. We were like in the 20 ish K for ripping it in. And that was with, that was just doing bare fiber. Yeah. Um, wow. So, but still, I mean, if you're a, at, at 50 K that, and, but that was just doing the straight rip it in. I wasn't doing drops. That wasn't counting. I was counting handholds and the other stuff and crossings, mm -hmm. but still it wasn't cheap. And that's not so, directional boring, which gets even more expensive. Yeah. Very, you're very just, high. you're just plowing it in. Yeah. Around here, it's a hundred percent directional boring. Right. Yeah. Up in the mountains there with, yeah. in golden. Yeah. You guys are, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a whole new uh, realm. Um, all right. Well, we've we're well over the hour and a half, or we're hitting the hour and a half mark. Uh, any other fun little topics and or thoughts we we've run into this last um, week? The only thing the only thing I had would be uh, you know, Microtech does have their hundred gig uh, QSFP uh, twenty eight out. Uh, yeah. How much yeah. is it though? Like six grand? <laughs> Fifteen, I thought. Three forty nine. <laughs> Three hundred fifty bucks. Three hundred fifty wow. bucks. That's not bad. Ten kilometers. I don't have that kind of thing too. There, Microtech oh. is sort of the exception to the "you get what you pay for" rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, those guys are just I'm happy crazy. with our Microtech. We have a, we have a two thousand four yeah. in the basement. It's really, it's like this thing. It boots in ten seconds. I was like, Whoa. we have, we have uh, two customers with hundred giggy installations. Uh, one of them is moving about forty five gig. And the Jeez. CPU, the CPU on that 20, uh, 2216 runs about 4%, 5%. Yeah. Microtics are really good. And they're inexpensive too. The first one I bought was DOA. It literally showed up and it like made rattling noises. I'm like, back you go. Mm -hmm. Happened. Yep. Yeah. But gosh, yeah. It was up and running. I just, I have light. Actually, I, have we, no I just got my uh, first 5,009 with the uh, POE input and output. God. 
God, that's mm-hmm. just a sexy router. That 5,009. They're, really? they're very, very fast. The CPU on them are really cool. Microtech has this wonderful vision that there's going to be ISPs that's going to have four of those in one U rack space. They, have, they make a little 1U rack mount mm-hmm. unit that you can put four of them on there. I just wow. don't know how that's going to work. I'm trying to understand what you would be doing in but that. But that, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the ideal is I, I don't understand how that's going to work. But, you know, we I, we, we have some of the rack mount units in. Uh, I know all of our 5009s are gone, but, uh, you know, it's just. I, I keep in mind, they have a completely different mindset. Whenever whenever the Internet was blowing up in Latvia, what the internet was was an Ethernet cable, 100 meg Ethernet cable ran from one building to the next building. And then they upgraded that to, 100, uh, to a gigabit, and then they upgraded that to fiber. There was no T1s. They had dial-up-ish, but they, they didn't have any ISDN lines, T1s. Yeah. They did have some things called E1s, but that was only in select areas. But whenever they got the technology they were already well past that. So they just went straight Ethernet on everything. Yeah. 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 And, and that not having that legacy like holdup is mm-hmm. really been helpful Big. for them. Yeah. So yeah. it's been and, around I'm, in the 90s too. Long time. Very long yeah. time. And, and, and honestly, for me, like I look at other equipment and like I look at s- some Cisco boxes, I'm like, what, why in the world do I, I care about any of these so, technologies? Yeah. I, and it's because I'm just so young in the industry. I'm like a little baby. Well, keep in mind also, you know, a good student of mine said, you know, the best thing that Microtech uh, has is that they do everything. The worst thing about Microtech is that they do everything. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I can, I can tell you probably right now, I probably have four or five ISPs that we're dealing with issues because they have everything running on one box. You know, they'll have VPLS circuits, wow. MPLS, OSPF. They're doing BGP. They're doing queuing. They might even have a few PPOE clients out there too still. Well, oh, I think box. you you just hit the nail on the head for what is the use case for that four units in one RU. And when we moved into our data center and we mm-hmm. had a half a rack, we suddenly needed an out-of-band router. Then we needed a VPN concentrator. And then we had a customer come in to put a Proxmox and needed a router. We didn't want to put that in our core. So suddenly we're just starting to drop in lots of little routers that are doing very specialized things. Mm-hmm. I would love to have saved all the rack space uh, and put four of those things together and done it that way. It's a great use case for those. Yeah, that, that yeah. would be a really good use case for those those one That's- use things. Something else, something else that I always, I get a lot is uh, we get people that they say, well, I only have five U.S. space. I go, you only know you have 10 U.S. space. You have front and back. Yeah, Especially true. Yeah. Mic- yeah. microtechs, you have, they're, they're smaller. They're a little bit narrow things. You know, you can fit front and back. And they're yeah. like, holy cow, I never even thought of that. Yeah, no, I've. Makes, I've... makes it hard to get to stuff, but. Yeah, ours that's makes it hard to get back. to the power. <laughs> I want it all in front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why you 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 get a rack all by itself, and then you can just take the yep. side off. <laughs> that's exactly what I do. Yeah, I just pop off the side. Thing comes mm-hmm. off. Okay, we're good. Put it back yeah. on. Do the racks up. Well, against that's what that's the, hey, that's it. a really good use for your ubiquity camera. Just put it inside the rack. That way, you know, you can see. It. <laughs> yeah, you can see what you're doing. You yeah. So, Chad, I'm I'm in uh, nine ten there, and like mm-hmm. they put my rack. I I don't know what was going on when when I got in there, but. But they put my rack like out in the middle of nowhere 
zoned. Like there's that's fine. racks. Yeah, you racks. got you got plenty of space. And there's just my rack or, and my half rack, and then there's supposed to be somebody below me. And I'm just like, well, I guess I can take my sides off. <laughs> so Yeah, I came I in one really day, and all the sides to my rack are off. Huge fans are pointing at it. Uh, yeah, the guy above us had, had jammed in, had filled a half rack full of uh, really hot equipment and was overheating that corner of the room. And I'm like, what is going on around here? The air conditioning goes out in there regularly. It's... <laughs> Uh, I'm really glad that the Microtech stuff is is quiet and it is low power and low heat. Yeah. The guy down in the summertime and the air conditioning fails and my Microtech stuff just keeps on running. Oh, yeah. yeah. By, by the way, remember when we were talking about, you know, you have to have two redundancies for everything? Two, if, if your room requires two tons of AC to cool, you need to have four tons. And it needs to be two completely separate systems. Mm-hmm. So I'm just using that as an example. Obviously, you can you can go bigger or smaller, but uh, that is you know we we have we actually have two AC systems. We actually have a rear ventilation system for like today when it's 20 degrees outside. Uh, it'll it'll Pump actually it cycle and and pull pull fresh air in, pull the cold air in. Uh, so probably that server room is probably 65 right now, which is good. And and we're not using any AC because before we were using AC when it was 10 degrees outside. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was one of the brilliant things my last company did, had was this, uh, it, it would just pull in fresh air from outside all yep. basically across the winter long. Love it. Yeah. 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 So all winter the AC is running and I'm like, why is it still, oh, cause the whole building is glass. So whoever designed it was a genius there. It's like, yeah. Cool. So, we, 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 we were trying to, we were, we were trying to figure out how we could dump the heat out of that room into, into the garage area. Yeah. And and heat up the garage area, and we're like, yeah, that's not yeah, that. That's just getting into complications yeah. that we don't yeah. need to get into. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's right. uh, well, that's about all I all about all I got. Uh, you know, keep uh, the you know the BDC stuff. We're gonna we how's this? Just like the FCC, you know they they knew it was going to be a cluster. You know, we knew our stuff was going to work. Is it was it going to work perfectly? The answer is yeah, we we were pretty confident in it. Did it work? The answer is yes. Could have worked better, of course. Uh, we had processing times up to twenty hours on BDCs. Uh, those times now are in under twenty minutes. Well, so, and there shouldn't be too many people trying to pull reports for me. Uh, well, actually, when's the next time yet we're uh, we're due? It's uh, going to be well, like mid January, right? No. Uh, because they actually they they just canceled the 477 yeah i think that's like yeah 477 is no longer required so yeah yay and they just built into sonar too i noticed i'm like oh i guess that's gonna change (laughs) Uh, no it won't that'll be there for the next three years (laughs) 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 the sonar Uh, experience uh, has been interesting i'll tell you um I'm not for it, and I'm not against it. It's right in the freaking middle. <laughs> for some for some reason, uh, January through March is sticking out in my mind of the next uh, filing period, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, uh, or maybe it's maybe it's February through April. Yeah. yeah, so the data as of December 31st will be due no later than the following March 1st. Yeah, well, that's, that's the big problem is – Keep in mind the filing period opens. I think it's February first, right? Uh, it does not say well, when it. Okay, opens. it will open 
at least three months prior to the deadline. The big issue that we had last time was we had ISPs the day before the deadline calling us up saying, hey, I need stuff. And we already have a backlog of jobs that we still had to do. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You can file immediately. I'm assuming on February 1st or when, as soon as it opens, you can file. You don't have to wait for the deadline other than so, if you're just unless you're just procrastinating. Yeah. So basically, like people could do as of December 31st saying your date is. Your, all right. Fun fact, everyone, public service notice going out right now. Freeze any changes now. If you're going to be making changes tonight, don't do it. Wait till the beginning of the year. Stop now. <laughs> FYI. Uh, and then so then secondly, so if they don't make any changes and as until through the rest of December, they could, in theory, pull their data now and then submit it whenever they're ready in March or whenever when it opens. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it opens. It either opens January, January or February 1st. Yeah, it should be January first. Because so if it opens, 1st. if it, it opens January first, then basically once once you hit January, you can file at any time all the way up to April. So then, just I haven't it done, done it yet. So I'm curious to see how this whole thing works. I've done no filings because we're not technically a WISP yet because there's nothing on the roof. ISP, but I do cover ISP or ISP. Yeah, anyone, anyone who's an so ISP. all your all your fiber oh, providers. Great. So that actually that actually that actually kind of came up into this whole the whole BDC thing because what they require is they require you to do the same exact form uh, for your subscribers as they did with the form 477. Mm -hmm. Okay? Right. So you have to have your subscriber information, the speeds that they're at, etc., and the uh, census tracks that they're in which your your okay. billing most billing systems should give that that yeah. was still that is still a requirement in the bdc okay wow. but the issue was is what if you have a uh a a fixed wireless operator or a fiber operator mm -hmm. doesn't matter yeah and all of a sudden you are riding somebody else's network so let's say you're using at&t to transport a gig mm -hmm. service out to isp c it doesn't matter it's one of your subs okay but that that customer's outside of your footprint. Okay, so your wireless area is here, and over way over here, oh, the yeah. next state you have this one single sub out there. Yeah. The problem is that if you upload the BDC data in your BDC data, even if you say you cover that over there, because there's no other surrounding areas, you can't submit. The only thing you can do at this point in time is to delete the subscriber outside of this outside of that census tract. Interesting. Huh. I'm going to look more into this. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. it's just it's just one of those <laughs> a weird situations. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, it, but but there are ISPs out there that they base all their all their services off of other networks. And if you don't operate a network, either fixed or fiber, then your BDC area is nothing. Yeah, so so mm. you have to be the last mile provider. You have to be the last mile provider. Yeah. So if you okay. are providing DSL, you cannot list these areas as these are DSL provided because guess what? Oh, you actually don't provide service there. Your your yeah, third if you're party like, does. If you're like what I, I am and doing DSL through Frontiers Network, right? It doesn't count. It Frontiers Still Network doesn't count for me. Right, right. So but now there but now the now the when so th there's another example is is actually one of my programmers. Mm -hmm. He has a radio, sixty foot, and a pin oak tree. Why? Because that's the only place he could get service. 
in the BDC filing, it says uh, in the subscriber data, it's, he's a sub, but in the broadband service area, he's not. And they're like, well, how do we serve it? When we talk to the FCC, when we talk to the FCC over talking to, you know, kind of the, the higher ups, we'll just leave it at that. And they're like, why would you have a customer? How can you have a customer if you can't get them service? Because this is extenuating circumstances. And guess what? WISPs are the de facto standard for <laughs> extenuating <laughs> circumstances. Yeah. yeah. If there's a will, no there's a way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. literally that, that's been a, 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 they have been debating that particular issue in the FCC for a little while. And I have not heard of any, any re resolution on it, but. Okay. They're well, working on it. Fun. Yes. <laughs> Let's let's get this party wrapping up. Yep. Um, it's getting late. I'm certain for everyone, and you were you didn't get to have dinner yet, Dennis. So no, no, no. I got something. I, I mean, there's there's a wonderful utility thing. Called, it's called a microwave. You know, you just hit the button. Oh <laughs> yeah, those are yeah. wonderful. Yeah, they kill your Wi-Fi pretty well. So all right. No, well, that's Andrew. only if it leaks. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, if anyone out on the internet wants to get a hold of you and bug you, how how do you want them to do that? Real simple. Just go to seattleisp.com. Name's right there. Email Boom. Me if you like. Nailed yeah. it. I've got a bunch of other ones, but that's the easiest one to explain. People are like, how do you pronounce your account? Not even going to try. Just go to this domain. So if you're interested, um, yeah, absolutely. Shoot me an email. I'm, I'm happy, happy, happy to answer questions. And uh, maybe go home at some point. And I think tomorrow, maybe the circle will get turned on. I'm I'm going to put, keep pushing S with the With the holiday? Nah, I don't no. think so. You're, you're going to be behind. You're going to be next week. Man. Yeah. This will all be tomorrow. I'm like, uh huh. Sure. Fine. Take your time. It's like, just make it work. I can wait. I'm in no hurry. I waited this long. <laughs> it's another couple days or a week. <laughs> so, Chad, what about you? Uh, you, you? You have an internet presence out there that you like people to bug you at? Yeah, I would say for WISP-related stuff from this point forward, uh, I am going to continue to give whatever knowledge I have left in my brain to the uh, Brothers WISP Slack group uh, and will support people there. So, Yeah, and he is very knowledgeable. Uh, he was my default go-to guy for 60 gigahertz information, and you've been helping a lot of people and talking a lot of stuff from there. So really good to see. Dennis, uh, you've got all sorts of internet presence. <laughs> yeah, we, we try. We try. Uh, the sim simplest way, uh, linktext.net. Our phone number's listed there. Uh, sales at linktext.net. Very, very simple. Very easy. Um, all of our contact information's there. Uh, and you can get a hold of us uh, via multiple methods from that website. Awesome. Well, I'm uh, out there, lostcreek.tech. Um uh, emails, all of the Slack group. Uh, I have been absolutely awful this year since I moved out to Illinois checking the Mimosa forums. I feel terrible about that. Uh, I will trying to make my New Year's resolution to be better on that, but um, I'm on the Facebook groups. Uh, anywhere there, just ping me, and uh, I'm more than happy to, uh, on, at least if on the Facebook groups, I'm more than happy to tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> That's my pastime. Um, so, uh, Y'all take care. Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you all next year.
Bye. Thanks for having me. Sit back and start learning. Lighting up the tower so people can start searching. Shooting up the web and neighborhoods net surfing. We got horrible jokes. We're loud and annoying. But we're informative facts. We're not disappointing. Just give us a listen. Because fun is the mission. I'm telling you, you don't know what you are missing. Ideas and some good comedy giving. If you missed the show already, don't worry. You're forgiven.